Welcome to another episode of Shot in the Dark. I am your host, John Cena Evil here. Let's get right down to it, starting with AEW Rampage. We have Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes of Naturally Limitless defeating Angela Parker and Matt Menard of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Good showing from Lee and Rhodes as Lee hit the supernova to Parker for the pen. We go to QTV where Aaron Solo is still trying to recover after being spine busted by Powerhouse Hobbs. QT Marshall says that he'll fix everything. And he said that Harley Cameron's rap class is climbing the charts, being number 12 in Turkey. <laughs> That's kind of funny. We see footage of Johnny TV who said that they've been, tra- that they've been training like Rocky Five, and they challenge QTV versus the acclaimed and daddy ass next week on Rampage. Taya Valkyrie defeated Izzy McQueen in about 20 seconds after hitting the curb stomp, and then Tony Storm and Soraya of the Outcast come out and say that Taya's been losing a lot because she's a loser and she's Canadian, and then Taya in full babyface mode here saying that Storm has never beat her, and they made a match for themselves for Battle of the Belts, which took place the night after. We see a video of Hook taking, uh, having lunch at the Lower East Side of Manhattan and says that he's tired of Jack Perry's punk ass and challenged him to an FTW title match on Dynamite in Boston. Lance Archer defeated Trent Beretta. This is Archer's first AEW match since March on an episode of Dark Elevation. A bit of back and forth until Archer hit the blackout and Alaria for the pin. Archer attacked Chuck Taylor after and told Orange Cassidy to come out and challenge him for the international title at Battle of the Belts as Cassidy came out. Jake Roberts told Archer to let go of Cassidy and he'll take care of him at Battle of the Belts. We see a video with Jeff Jarrett and his family along with Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy all saying that they'll be in the second annual Royal Rampage next week. Konosuke Takeshita defeated Mentalo, who Don Callis called a childhood friend of Kenny Omega and his training partner. A bit of offense for Mentalo, but uh, Takeshita hit a top rope senton for the pin. It might be Men- Mental O. I'm not sure exactly how you pronounce his name. I'm sorry. Renee Paquette was backstage with the Dark, with the dark Order, said that they're sick of everybody leaving them, especially uh, when Adam Page did. And they called him last week. They called last week's the Dark Order's resurrection and it's time to rebuild. So I'm not sure if they're going to be adding new members here or just having a darker turn for the Dark Order. And we have the last match in the semifinal tournament of the uh, Owen Hart Foundation tournament. As Willow Nightingale defeated Athena, this is Athena's first Rampage match since November. The ending came a little bit out of nowhere with Willow dodging Athena and rolling her up for the pen to advance to the finals as Ruby Soho washed on from backstage. We go to Impact Wrestling. Um, before the Impact, Dirty Dangle defeated Heath as Santino joined commentary. Towards the end, Dangle said something derogatory about Santino's daughter, which prompted Santino to leave commentary. But as he was, he was being held back by security, he got knocked out by Dango. Heath had the wake-up call, but the referee wasn't there to make the pen, so Dango ended up rolling up Heath with his feet on the ropes to get the pen. We go to the main show. It starts with footage from Busted Open Radio, where Dino sa- Diener says that he has a personal grudge against Scott Demore and wants to be Bully Ray's partner now that Steve Macklin is out for Slammiversary. This show took place before anniversary, I should state. We had Zachary Wentz defeating Chris Bay. This is Wentz's first match in Impact since November of 2020. Uh, while Trey Miguel and Ace Austin were brawling on the outside and distracting the referee, Wentz hit Bay with a foreign object. I'm pretty sure it was one of Miguel's spray, uh, spray cans here, followed by a headlock DDT to get the pen. Scott Demore and Santino were backstage uh, talking until the Rascals interrupted them and said they, they should get a tag team title shot after that win for Wentz. But Santino said that they cheated and they won't get a match, as Trey said. He'll regret that. Mike Bailey defeated Kevin Knight in a very good eight-minute match here, where Bailey ends up hitting the ultimate weapon for the win. Definitely check this out. I'm pretty sure it's on the, the U- Impact's YouTube page if you want to check out this match alone. Joe Henry and Yu Yuromura defeated Kenny King and Sheldon Jean. Henry get, gets on the mic before the match to make sure the crowd chants Stripper Kenny. Funny moment here where Kenny was going to take off his hoodie, and the crowd started chanting Take It Off, so he decided not to. There was a spot, though, where Henry did take off King's hoodie to get a big pop. King escaped to the back, and this distraction caused Henry to hit the standing ovation to Jean for the pin. Brian Myers and Moose defeated Rich Swan and Sammy Callahan when Moose low-blowed Callahan as the referee was distracted, followed by the spear for the pen. 
Angel's cut a promo saying that he is now on his on his own and he's away from the design and he's gonna spread his wings. So it looks like he's gonna he got his first name back as Alan Angels here is on his own. Diana Perrazzo put out an open challenge for the Impact Knockouts Championship and out came Canada's own Jody Threat. Uh, good match here until Diana put on the Venus de Milo as Threat submitted. Diana went to raise Threat's hand after, but they both got attacked by Giselle Shaw, Savannah Evans, and Jay Vidal. The Death Dolls then ran out to help, and they get attacked by the Coven. Killer Kelly and Macha Slamovich then run out, and lastly, it was Trinity who took out everybody until officials came out to separate everyone. Ended up being Diana and Trinity alone in the ring, as they both picked up the Knockouts title until they started fighting themselves. And then the show ends with Scott Demore on the phone saying that this time PCO can come back to life and ask the person on the other line if they can. And they pant to Team Canada's jacket as Demore grabs it. And I'm sure if you've uh, seen coverage of Slammiversary, you know that was indeed Eric Young making his return to Impact Wrestling. We go to Ring of Honor and Honor Club. Big Bill defeated Serpentico pretty easily after hitting a chokeslam for the pin in his first singles ROH match. Athena defeated Ava Lawless easily by submission with a crossface. The Righteous and Stu Grayson defeated Levi Knight, Michael Allen, Richard Clark, and Evan Rivers. Uh, yes, Michael Allen, Richard Clark is one name. I like how his initials are the acronym for Mark, so I guess he's a Mark. Evil Uno made his way out during this match to watch the match. Uh, as Righteous and Grayson destroyed their opponents until they hit a triple powerbomb similar to the one that Dark Order fin- uh, their finisher does. As Clark, on Clark, as Dutch gets the pin on him, Uno hit Rivers in the back after the match with a chair and asked Righteous and Grayson if that is violent enough for them. Layla Hirsch defeated Bambi Hall by submission easily with a cross armbar. We have a ring of, we actually start, have the start of the Ring of Honor TV title eliminator tournament. It is two matches here and the winners of those two matches will fight the following week and the winner of that will fight Samoa Joe for the TV title at Death Before Dishonor. So the first match is Dalton Castle versus Tony Nice. Before the match, Nice says that he's going to teach everyone in the crowd about personal hygiene since nobody likes a smelly vagina, which I thought was kind of funny. This workout gets interrupted by Dalton Castle. Then Mark Sterling and Ari Davari try to get involved on the outside, but the boys take them out as Castle hit the bangerang on Nice for the pen. And the second eliminator tournament match was Shane Taylor versus Sean Dean. Dean hung in there until Taylor hit a right hook for the pen, so Taylor and Castle will wrestle on next week, Ring of Honor, and the winner of that will get a TV title shot at Death Before Dishonor against Samoa Joe. The Kingdom defeated the, bo- the boys. Maria Canales was not on ringside, as I said, she was suspended from ringside, as Jerry Lynn is investigating about her injury when she had Layla Hirsch replace her a couple weeks ago. Very competitive match here until the Kingdom hit Rockstar Supernova and Mike Bennett gets the pen for the win. They kept telling the Lucha Brothers and the camera to stop hiding from them and give them a TV title shot. Sorry, a tag team title shot. Too many titles here especially in Ring of Honor. Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony of the Mogul Embassy defeated Matt Seidel and two partners of his choosing, which he ended up choosing, Christopher Daniels and Darius Martin. Fun and fast-paced match here until Cage stops Seidel with the Lariat, followed by the Drill Claw to get the pen. We go to MLW Fusion. The show starts with a press conference with the new MLW World Heavyweight Champion, Alex Kane, who says that he told everybody that he would do this. The main show starts with a MLW Women's World Featherweight Championship rematch as Delmi XL takes on Taya Valkyrie. Delmi cut a promo before the match saying that she's going to send Taya Packin back to Jacksonville. And spoiler alert, she does. John Hennigan joins commentary for this match. He tried to interfere, but it backfired as Delmi trapped on the Fujiwara armbar to make Taya tap out. It looks like this is indeed Taya's last appearance in MLW. We see Sam Laterna trying to get a word with Court Bauer, who says that he's never going to do business with Don King again, and he called him a crook. So I guess that's their way to write off Don King from MLW. After Cle- uh, Kevin Blackwood and Matt Cardona got drafted at the Never Say Never pay-per-view, we find out that O'Shea Edwards is coming next as well as he is the next draft pick. Cashflow Ken Broadway, main regular here in House of Glory, defeated TJ Crawford. Nice showing from both until Broadway hit the Travis Plex, uh, which is a named after the late Matt Travis. We see a list of goals from Alice Kane that included having the longest MLW World Heavyweight Championship title reign, to fight Kojima, Shingo Takagi, and Jacob Fatu, to tap out a UFC hoe, uh, to get more money, 
to make a music video with Queen Latifah, to get an interview with Oprah, to executive produce a Beaumayet TV special, and to get endorsement money. So I'm sure he'll be able to check off some of these from his list. We see brackets for the 2023 Opera Cup that only has four competitors this year, with Davey Boy Smith Jr. versus Calvin Tank being taking place next week, followed by Tracy Williams versus Tony Depp in the following week. Mance Warner joined commentary for the main event, which is a triple threat match here. Willie Mack versus John Hennigan versus Leo Rush. The finish came with Hennigan taking off Sam Adonis off the apron by accident as Mack rolled up Hennigan for the win. So it looks like they're definitely hyping up Willie Mack as Alex Kane's first challenger for the MLW title. We go to Women of Wrestling Superheroes. Kita Rush defeated BK Rhythm after reversing an armbar into a roll-up. Las Manditas defeated Chantilly Chella and Foxy Fierce after Sylvia Sanchez hit Chella with a face buster for the pen. Tormenta defeated Robbie Rocket after hitting her with double knees off the top rope as Sofia, Lo- Sofia Lopez was on commentary. And Chaos, Kona, and Tiki Chamorro of the Island Dynasty defeated Chainsaw, Holly Dead, and Siren Davuda Doll, now known as the Monsters of Madness. When Tonga Twins hit, uh, they drop splashed Tiki on top of Chainsaw to get the pen. NWA did not have an episode of USA this week, but they did have another episode of NWA Power, which starts with Colby Carino defeating Alex Taylor after hitting a jumping DDT as he gets ready to challenge Kerry Morgan for the Junior Heavyweight Championship at NWA 75. We have a TV title match here as Tom Latimer defeats Mario Pardewer by submission with a crossface. Daisy Kill and Talos defeated the new team of Magic Jake Dumas and Cody James and they're going by Magic Incorporated. After Talos hit James with a chokeslam for the pen, Daisy tried to sing a song before the match, but it gets dubbed over, and it says underneath it, uh, there's a caption that says that Daisy doesn't understand how copyrights work. CJ on the outside gets physical for the first time, kicking down Daisy. CJ is a wrestler going by Chrissy James, but her gimmick here in NWE pretty much has been her uh, just smiling and posing ringside, so this is the first time that she's actually gotten physical. We had another episode of DLZ, where Danny Deals gets words from the Mortons, where they called everybody else jealous. The Fixers defeated Brady Pierce and Rush Freeman of the Spectaculars after Matt Vine, who was in the Fixers' corner, interfered, and the Fixers sandwiched Freeman as Jay Bradley gets the pen, and the Fixers are now going by the Fixers LLC since they have Vine with them, so it looks like they are a company now. And they're going to be going on to face Daisy and Talos, who won earlier at night one at NWA 75. And the winning team will challenge the country gentlemen for the U.S. Tag Team titles at night two. We get a quick interview with Vampiro saying that he's here to guide La Rebellion down the right path. And then we go to Matt Cardona, who talks about how it's been six months since he's been in an NWA ring. And he talks about how his family turned his back on him after he kept losing. So at NWA 75, he's going to put out an open challenge. Man, Matt Cardona is pretty much everywhere. He's been on MLW. He's on NWA, GCW, House of Glory. He's a champion. Uh, he showed up at Cody Rhodes' uh, Peacock premiere for his TV show. Uh, yeah, a lot of things happening with Matt Cardona. The main event for this show was the World Women's Television Championship as Kenzie Page defeated Samantha Starr at exactly five minutes after hitting the Kenzie Cutter. On NXT Level Up, Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs defeated Kale Dixon and Luca Crucifino with Jensen pinning Dixon after they hit Ride the Lightning. Crucifino actually had new theme music here, so he's not coming out with the People's Court theme like he's been doing recently. Uh, this is pretty much like a redo of the People's Court theme, though. Valentina Faraz defeated Lolo Vice. Electra Lopez tried to interfere on the outside, but Ulyssa Leon took her out as Faraz springboard off the ropes to roll up Vice for the pen. And in the main event, Axiom defeated Tavion Heights after hitting the Golden Ratio in a very good seven-minute match. Definitely recommend checking this out. Uh, it's only a matter of time till Tavion Heights gets on the main show here. And he has a little bit of a new look uh, with his gear here and more fire, so I see a big future for him. Definitely check this match out if you can. On WWE main event, Natalia defeated Zia Lee by submission with the sharpshooter. Remember when Natalia said she was going to like change her character? Yeah, never happened. And the other match here was Indy Hartwell defeating Dana Brooke after blocking a sunset flip and sitting down on Brooke for the pin. The only WWE Network edition of the week was WXW We Love Wrestling number 46. That is it for me this week. You can catch me here next week for another episode of Shot in the Dark.